Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Then there's a litany of other ones, AllThingsComedy.com and TheDorkForest.BandCamp.com uh, that you can go and find this content, uh, regular iTunes, additional content. There's the YouTube page that has all the teaser clips and a bunch of other stuff that I've, I've culled together. Uh emotionally. Anyway, let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the song you just heard. He'll sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and Vilmos fixes the website JackieCation.com. At JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com, there is a donation button. If you have money and enjoy the show and wish to donate, those are the three criteria. Feel free to donate. If you do not match any of those criteria, do whatever you need to do. No harm, no foul. If you want to donate monthly, I have not made that easy for you. But um, if you remember every month that you like the show and want to donate, go for that as well. In other ways that you can support the show, you can re- review the show on iTunes. You can use the Amazon banner on JackieCation.com. It's a white banner on the right side. All it is is a portal to Amazon. When you order at Amazon, it doesn't cost you extra, but the Dork Forest gets a little bit of a kickback from whatever you order. So if you want to support the show in that manner, that would be great. You can also order merch if you like. T-shirts and hoodies are only available on JackieCation.com, and they are... American-made, union-made here in the United States. Ooh, the hoodies are not, but uh, that's because you have to pre-order them, and it's and it's a project. Anyway, but the T-shirts, the Dork Forest and Ranger T-shirts are U.S. union-made, and so they run a little big because of that. And the the prices include shipping. And feel free to order those if you want a T-shirt to support the Dork Forest. There are also I have my hard copies of my CDs and my DVD that you can get. All of those are available for streaming download from Amazon or iTunes or Comedy Film Nerds. You can watch my DVD just the streaming. It's ten bucks, and then you download it and you can watch it as many times as you want. ComedyFilmNerds.com. Go to their store, the download store. You can also listen to my albums for free on Spotify and Pandora. I get a little bit of a kickback from that if you don't need to own it, and you're fine. What you should know about this episode of The Dork Forest is that Heather gave me her wrong Twitter handle. Almost everything is at, uh, at Alice is everywhere, but for Twitter, it's everywhere Alice because of the count. So at everywhere Alice is Heather Simmons's Twitter Feed. Anyway, uh, also on JackieCation.com, there is my schedule. It's the scheduling page, and it tells you where I'm doing comedy. This week, I am going up to the Bay Area. I am opening for Brian Regan at two shows and Maria Bamford at one show. Feel free to check my schedule or their schedules at BrianRegan.com, MariaBamford.com, or JackieCation.com. You can follow me on at JackieCation on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. I'm having a really good time on Snapchat, but let's get into the program. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in the living room with Heather Simmons, you guys. Heather Simmons, who has a podcast about entirely about Alice in Wonderland. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome to the program. I've taken to saying that like it's a radio show, but it is kind of a radio show. So it absolutely, and it is, is a program. And it's programmable. It's pro- oh, it is programmable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scheduling is the hardest part, quite honestly. <laughs> so you're at Alice is Everywhere on Twitter. I am. Heather Simmons. And uh, aliceiseverywhere.com is the website it for is. the podcast and everything. And it's, all, it's entirely about Alice in Wonderland. Nothing but Alice in Wonderland. That's not quite true. We talk quite a bit about the man. Lewis Carroll as well. <laughs> Excellent. I was like, wow, what, you get political? It's uh, <laughs> yeah. the man Lewis Carroll. Well, good, because here's the thing. What, what, this will be like an introduction to your podcast then, because it'll be like a, a little summation. And then if people wish to go down, what is the term? The rabbit hole? Huh? That comes from it. That's how they say it. Yes. <laughs> they can, exactly. They can go to aliceiseverywhere.com and, uh, and join the, the parade of people who enjoy that broadcast. I'm going to tell you, that was exactly my intent. Oh, well, fair <laughs> enough. I'm coming here. Ooh, spooky. It's yeah, uh, yeah. where lo- great minds think alike. Like through the looking glass. <laughs> through the Yes, let's look through that looking glass. Here it is. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, allow me to admit, uh, 
it has always creeped me out and I've never finished it. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, you know what? That's kind of why I started the podcast and the website. Actually, another reason I started the website is I have this sickness where I buy domains and make websites that make no money at all ever. And so I thought, well, you know, why don't... It's a different episode of The Door yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like, why don't I stop making websites that I'm just hoping are going to churn out money so I can retire now and do one on something I'm actually interested in that I actually like. Right. So I, I started Alice's Everywhere, and I started the podcast more because I don't think anyone's read the book. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the book. It's right. Supposed- Is it just you on the podcast? Oh, it's just me. You will you will know. You will know there has been no research. <laughs> That's, that is okay. That is an absence of research. That is totally fine. So it's you talking about Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, and actually, I'll be honest with you, we only started, uh, we, I use the royal we a lot. It's just Please me. Do. There's no Alice's everywhere <laughs> Dork, team. Dork Force, my intern is actually uh, a Tiberius, my, my iguana. <laughs> I don't even have that. You don't even have, yeah. do you have a pet? No, I have, I have some stuffed animals. Oh, oh fair enough. A plushie yeah. or two. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not above it. I'm not above having a stuffed animal. I'll show you after. Okay. So. Oh yeah. So I start, It's just you. How many episodes? Well, so I think we're on about 20 and actually the first 12 is me reading a chapter and then discussing it, telling Ooh. you all the backstory, how, where it came from, what, what he's alluding to. And then we're into Looking Glass now. We started through the Looking Glass. We're about five chapters what? in. Yeah. And so, so do you? Uh, so the first twelve, you read a chapter. Mm-hmm. After that, have you stopped reading? Uh, well, or are you still reading? But you're just reading something else. Yeah. Well, we're reading through the Looking Glass now. The sequel. Oh, the sequel. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There are okay. actually. That's an important thing to distinguish because a lot of people don't even know that there no. are two books. There are two books. Yes. The first book is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Okay. The full name uh, was published in 1865. Oh, and, interesting. And the sequel, Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There. That's the entire, <laughs> no one really says that, but Through the Looking Glass. Right. Sounds like how I name my albums. Yeah. Too long. Too long. <laughs> it seems like there should be parentheses, but they're not no. parentheses. Uh, that came out in 1871. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And in adaptations and film, they seem to combine them quite a bit. Um, the Red Queen from... Through the Looking Glass and the Queen of Hearts through yeah. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland are almost always combined mm. into one character, like the latest uh, Tim, Tim Burton yeah. stuff, the 1951 Disney. But no, they are two very different ladies with different personalities. Right. Well, that's well. Why lump them together when you, you then you'd have to hire two women? Oh, wow! <laughs> Tiny rage coming out. But uh, so okay. So the first one is Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Yes. That was published in 1865. It was. And the writer was Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll, which is a pen name. His real name was Charles Ludwig Dodson. Where was he from? He was from England. Okay. Go figure. Go figure. (laughs) Well, it makes sense. Makes sense. The Ludwig made me think, was there Germany involved at all? Yeah, I don't, I think they're just pretty pasty British people. (laughs) Pasty British stock. Uh, Farrakhan. Born born in, uh, Daresbury. I want to say Danesbury. I don't think that's a place. Daresbury. Sounds Game of Thronesy, Danesbury. It does. Yeah. And he died in Guildford. Guildford. (laughs) Yes. With a U? (laughs) With that, I think just one U. Okay. And he, and he spent most of his life in Oxford. And okay. I, and this is something I find fascinating. He was an Oxford Don. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Only because I read Ro- Regency romance novels Ooh. and Georgette Heyer. So, so do you know what that, so you it's know. A, it's a, it, it, isn't it someone who, uh, is sort of, it's a Don is like not the same as a fellow, but exp- I have a vague idea because of context, but I don't actually know. Okay. So why don't I just admit that and you can tell well, me what that's, it is. Yeah. Honestly, I've done a lot of research and it's so foreign to me. I still don't quite get it. But what it is, is so first he went to college at Christ Church as yep. a regular college student. And then he is offered, uh, I guess it's not a donship. Let's say a fellowship, but to be a, a donship. <laughs> a donship over there in Oxford. Yeah, to be a don. And what that means is... You live there for free yeah. for pretty much the rest of your life, as long as you're lecturing and tutoring, but also as long as you don't get married, which I... Oh, I, oh, I never knew that. Yeah, at least in Oxford, that was that was the way. And huh. supposedly, all these dons were working towards the, uh, the, not the priesthood, but to be ordained ministers someday. Okay. Now, somehow... Somehow, the, the Church of England has encouraged some sort of... 
celibate donhood? Isn't that curious? But it is curious. <laughs> but the, the goal is to go and start a church. And at that time, you get married. Like, you start a family, and you go start a church, and you leave Oxford. But Oh, weird. He never did that. He got ordained as a deacon, and then he went and talked to the dean, Henry Little, and he said, uh, you know, I'm not really in, I don't, we don't know the whole conversation, but oh. basically, I don't really want to go through. And the dean's like, no, no, you have to, you know, this is well, how it works. You have to be married, or you have to go get a church going? Uh, well, yeah, you have Either to one keep of working towards this goal. Um, okay. And somehow he got out of it and he lived there until he died. <laughs> right. He alone. Just, yeah. Single. Alone. I've read. Yeah. I mean, his diaries are copious. So uh, I know just all about his quarters. He eventually got better quarters. Four rooms. Oh, uh, did he get crow? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he somehow got out of it and no one is really sure how that happened because that's not supposed to be the case. You, get, right. you have to keep going. But loophole. There's always a loophole. Yeah. I mean, yes, you, there are rules, and those rules for some people are made to be broken. Uh, and uh, Charles clearly Dotson, yeah. for Charles, for Lewis Carroll. So he, do we think he might have been gay? Well, boy, I hate to dive into this so quickly. <laughs> well, we can get there over. We can get there over the course of the journey. No, you know what? This will make people keep listening. So. Okay. Uh, he had sort of an unusual interest in little girls. Oh, now unusual to us, definitely. Someone had u- unusual even for Victorian times where children were actually always unusual cave days. I would, I would like to think so, <laughs> but in Victorian times they put naked kids on Christmas cards. That was, that was the standard of beauty. Like, oh, here's my naked child. On right, right. Well, Merry early Christmas. DNA, but like little, little kids are beautiful. And right. if, I mean, not sexually, but they're, I mean, they're, they, they got their, they got their shit together. I don't know if you know this, Heather, but, uh, <laughs> li- little kids, they got real nice skin and uh, it's all tight and stuff because they're just new, they're but brand they're, new, but they're brand new. But no, I mean, I have an unsubstantiated theory that even in the cave days, people like, leave her alone. Oh yeah. She's a baby. Oh no. So yeah. And for people who are. Everyone has an agenda. Like every biographer of Lewis Carroll is either, oh, oh he's a pedophile or, are you crazy? He loved women. He was crazy for the ladies. And, oh, really? and nobody can agree. Okay. Because a lot of the diaries are missing. Ah, probably. Uh, like who, who got in charge of his diaries after he died? Anybody know? His family. Yeah. Who probably called it pretty great. Absolutely. Did a and nice it, job. And in fact, his nephew released the first uh, biography of Lewis Carroll, the very first one, entitled okay. The Life and Letters of Lewis Carroll, practically before he was cold in the ground. Like, it, I don't know wow. if he was he working it, on it before then. He had it in the can. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He was ready. He was like those obituaries they have ready for Nancy Reagan for six years. Yeah, yeah. Like, when? When? <laughs> uh, so, so he seemed ready, and he definitely presented the picture he wanted to present. And he was actually very honest about his friendships with, with little girls, but it was all about... Because he's, you know, the master of fairyland kind of oh, thing, and master, he just loved right. to entertain them. And Michael Jackson, he kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he loved their like, pure innocence. And yes, funny you should mention the Michael Jackson. Thing. Why? Uh, in his later years, some parents would let their daughters go stay with him, right, on, on the seashore. Just oh, him. with Loris, with Lewis Carroll, with Lewis Carroll. Yeah. Uh, now here's the thing, though. And when did he die? He died Lewis in Carroll. 1898. Okay, so he had thirty years, and was it a, a hit when he was when he was alive? It was a huge hit. It's never been out of print. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, and, it was, and he didn't really like that it was a hit because people knew who he was, and he he wanted Charles Dodson and Lewis Carroll to remain separate, right? And to, and to somehow go go meet tiny children. So fair enough. Okay, <laughs> what? Uh. But here's the thing: like one of those girls. And this is the only, and of course I find this creepy as hell. Right. Make no mistake. It's not like. Right. Heather Simmons does not condone <laughs> yeah. or encourage or ed- approve at all. Yeah, I'm not like the, again, everyone ha- seems to have an agenda who's a big fan of his. I'm not one of those people who just refuses to even accept the possibility because of course it's right. creepy as hell. But the one thing he has going in his defense is many of these girls grew up to be rather prominent ladies in society. And Was many- he a society guy? No, well, he used his, uh, mm. he was an established photographer, ah. which was a burgeoning art form at the time, and he got really into that because of his uncle Skeffington. Isn't that the best name ever? That is <laughs> a pretty Victorian great Skeffington, yes. So his uncle Skeffington was into gadgets and the technology at the time. 
So he got really into photography, and that was kind of his in. Like, he got to know Alfred Lord Tennyson through that by taking his portrait. Oh, wow. That's how he got to know the so real Alice. And that's how he got to get into society to yeah. some extent. Yeah. And so these, these society people would send their kids to hang out with him. Yeah. And then they would grow up to be society ladies. Yeah. And, okay. And que- when questioned, these society, society ladies, no one has ever had a negative word to say about him. And yet I know, you know, if something ever happened, there could be shame and embarrassment or whatever. Right. But not one of them, the the most negative thing I've ever read is Isa Bowman, who grew up to be an actress. She said when she would go stay with him at the seashore, it would just be kind of boring. They'd be inside playing chess and she'd kind of be longingly looking out the window at the band <laughs> playing and people dancing and she was just bored as hell. Right. Because um, he, he wanted to somehow teach her chess. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, because chess, maybe not because, but chess is the theme of Through the Looking Glass now. This is going to blow your mind, or at least blew my mind. Sure. I'm I'm prepared. (laughs) Through the looking glass. So Alice goes through the looking glass. I know you can't see that at home, but I just made a little gesture. Oh, I think the the sound effect, I think, was was (laughs) apropos. I made a little gesture Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. clearing away the misty mirror and going through it. And uh, Alice enters a world (laughs) that looks like a chessboard. Right. And if you follow her moves throughout the entire book... She turns from a pawn to a queen. It's actually a chess game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Through the Looking Glass is the story of a chess game. It's the story of a chess game. At so the- she, well, clearly that pawn makes it to the other side. Yes. That's checkers. Uh, so, and becomes king. Uh, how, how do you- queen. Well, you can be, I think when you're a pawn- uh, When you're a pawn, wait, you can in become checkers, whatever you, you want, can become right? a king. If, if, if it's a, in chess, you become a queen. You become That's whatever right. you want, but of course you want to be a queen. Right, so. and cause it's the, the most powerful. And, um. And it's crazy, like when she runs into a white knight, mm-hmm. like you can follow, if you have a chessboard, you can see, oh, he came from over here, and he's trying to capture her, like, it's- Oh my god. Yeah, it really works. Yeah, and- and Lewis Carroll actually wrote uh, an essay defending it because a few people were like, eh, this is bullshit. This isn't really a chess game. And he's like, no, if you felt, apparently there's a few t- times when it's not turn by turn. Like maybe Alice takes two turns or oh, something. Okay. So it's not 100% accurate, but it's right. like 95% but those are just accurate. Those are some haters exactly. that are following along going, that's not exactly what would have been. The science is <laughs> off. And hello, Poindexter. Yes. <laughs> Lewis Carroll put a lot of work into it. Why don't exactly. we cut him that slot? Let, yeah, let's appreciate what's in front of us. Right, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And speaking of Poindexter. Yes. I'm just going to, that's going to yeah, be every transition. It. Speaking of. Speaking of, go. Uh, I, I'm a member, this isn't what I meant by speaking of point extras, but I am a member of the Lewis Carroll Society of North America. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> and, uh, of North America? Of North America. So they're all over the place. They're all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Of course, they started. Have you been to cons? Are there conventions? Oh, yeah. Twice a year they have meetings. Okay. And last year was the biggest because it was 150th anniversary. Okay. So we had Alice 150 in New York City. In New York City. Yeah. Did you go? I went. Oh, then fair enough. Yeah. I didn't go for the whole week. They actually had a whole It's a week. full week? Not you. It's usually one or two days, but yeah. the 150th. Kind right, right. Now. But they have a lot of yeah. different. What kind of events do they do? A lot of panels, people discussing yeah. theory and. Yeah. And you just kind of and, and is there merch? Can you get merch? Some people bring. There's not a lot of merch. Yeah. I, actually, the, I haven't been a member that long. It was mostly when I started the website. I'm like, well, right, I gotta get serious here. Right. Gotta <laughs> find my people, and uh, they're not my people. Unfortunately, they're very nope. nice. But I thought I'd kind of walk in and just be. Ah, finally. And well, but well, that was not the case. Sometimes when, at conventions, I walk in and I'm like, okay, these are my people, and there's too many of them. And so I'm slightly, I'm overwhelmed that I, I'm going to need a corner because my people actually like to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Reading gosh. a book. Yeah. I went so. to, I went to a Beatle Fest once about a decade ago and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so great. And I was, it was terrifying. And I'm not putting these fans down at all, but just no, no. people standing in a corner going, la, 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 la. Yeah. No, no. No, no. You not. just it's I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed. I was very so, overwhelmed. So these point extras, yes, yes, myself included. Yeah, there's a lot of different speakers. Um there's panels like this last time there was a panel of illustrators from all over the world. Oh, interesting. Yeah. For the different uh, editions. Yeah. And and also, and unfortunately I wasn't present for this one, but they talked about the challenges of of translating Alice in Wonderland and you haven't read it. Why? But it's it's so well, I know it's been assigned. It's so pun heavy. So oh, if you're in another language, you're just like, wait, what? How do I do this? Yeah. So yeah. it's very, very challenging. Um what did they say? how did they 
did they just rewrite it essentially? And some of them do a really good job, and some of them, yeah, they just completely rewrite it. Do you speak any other languages? I no. sadly, I have some shitty French that nobody wants any part yeah, of. Yeah, shitty Spanish. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I and um, yeah, because I would wonder to to read something you loved in a, in another language yeah. to try to figure out. I once brought uh, Louis Lee, the guy that owns Acme Comedy Company, the Tao Te Ching in English because mm-hmm. it was the best translation. And he goes, you know, I read Chinese, Jackie. And I was like, oh, shit. It's a great translation. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're weird, but I appreciate your thought. <laughs> That's great. So, okay, can we talk very briefly about the book itself? Because I can't... Yes, so I... I haven't even seen the movies because genuinely I've tried to read it like two or three times and I've never been able to, it's always been like, it feels like a bad trip. See now, yeah, you know, just people are different, Jackie. Yeah, no, no, exactly. That's what we can I mean, take away does from it seem today. like a good trip to you or? Absolutely. Okay. I, I, what, I first what, read what do you love? Yeah. I first read this when I was seven years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And it made perfect sense to me. And throughout my entire life, it's continued to make perfect sense to me. And it really shouldn't because it's a, it's the literature of nonsense. <laughs> like nothing makes sense in it. So it shouldn't make sense to me, right. but it does. What does make sense? Where, I mean, okay, so it starts out where Alice is a little girl in England. Yes. And then. And what's awesome. My favorite thing about the first book is she enters, she goes down the rabbit hole. Yep. In the second paragraph. Of the book. There's no exposition. There's no, Alice was a little girl who la la la. It's just, she's sitting with her sister. That's a delivery. Guess what, guys? Ding it's, dong. uh, it's Terrigen Mist stickers. Oh. Uh, which is, a, and, uh, my other podcast, the Jackie and Lori show stickers. Oh, fabulous. So, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but, uh, we turned off our phones on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I just talk about how I know you while you're gone? Yeah. It'll be a surprise when you listen to it when you come back. <laughs> Please. <laughs> So I know Jackie. I've actually known her for a very long time. And I want to say through two different channels, but they're really both my husband, Matt Capiello, who used to work with her husband many, a long time he's ago. He's a turtleneck. He, and also the other way she knows him is because he's a turtleneck, a part of a comedy duo that back in the day, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, woo, look out. The last century. Look out. When when alternative comics looked at their notebooks, not at their phones when they were on stage. A different world. Yeah. A different world. I still look at my notebook because I'm 107. Yes. And, uh, yes, it's Matt Capiello. Matt Capiello is how, yes. The Turtlenecks, they were a musical duo yeah. and uh, and a chitter-chat duo at each other, but it did it at each other, and they were very funny. And, uh, and I enjoyed them. I have been to your apartment as well uh, for a party. It's all coming back, you guys. How's it, how's, how's it coming along, Jackie? Yeah. So, yeah. So Matt, yeah. Uh, Matt was very concerned about me on the way here because I've worked from home for very many years and usually from, (laughs) usually. Wow, you must get out though. Not that much. And usually from 7 a.m. to noon, I'm just at the computer slowly drinking half a pot of coffee. Right. He's like, are you going to have enough coffee in you? Can you do this? Right, right. It's going to be 10 a.m. And when you walked in, the first thing I said is, there is coffee. Even though I am having the one cup of coffee that I allow myself now because oh. uh, my nutritionist is like, mm, you're uh, done with coffee. You can have iced tea. So okay. Well, that's nice, too. It's especially caffeine. in the hot day. Yeah. But be. on the way over here, I yeah. actually did. Well, I drove his car instead of mine, and I actually said, the ice cream works really well in here. Ice cream. There was no ice cream in the car. I meant air conditioning. You meant air conditioning. <laughs> so, so you do spend a fair amount of time alone. The coffee struggle is real. Yeah. First of all, I'm talking to myself, and second of all, yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I'm glad you have Matt. Yes. Yeah. As, as your link into the poor guy when he gets home. <laughs> it was weird because Matt. Uh, Matt. Uh, what, what was the other turtleneck's name? Uh, it was Noah. Noah, that's right. Yeah. So Matt and Noah, I knew them from open mic and from doing sort of showcasey stuff around L.A. Yeah. when I first moved here in the 90s and the early 2000s. Oh, those places that are gone now. Remember Cheka and uh, what was the one? Pedro's in Los oh, Feliz. Do you Jesus, remember Pedro's? Pedro's. Yeah, was I that do. Was front for something? Because I ordered a margarita once. And yes. They just yes. brought me a giant glass of tequila. They didn't know how to do it. Well, no, they did, they did not know how to do it. They uh, it was, and they, the, only, the two things they were interested in 
in was uh, uh, the soccer games and having a storefront. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure yeah, that yeah. they were not legit. <laughs> but the fact that they were, would allow us to go tell jokes at each other was very sweet of them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was always a good time. <laughs> and then Andy worked at uh, Sony PlayStation yes. in Santa Monica. Where Matt still works. Where Matt still works. And um, I remember Andy telling me, when we were first dating, he was like, Oh, there's a guy that knows you who works there. He's a really great guy. And, uh, and I said, who, who, I would know someone who worked at Sony PlayStation. No, no, I didn't know what Matt did for a living. <laughs> and, <laughs> he didn't know that what I did either, childcare and work at a closed captioning company. So, oh, uh, yeah, there you how, go. Yeah. How would you? How would you? So, okay. Oh, so back to the book. You, right. When you were seven, you read it. And yeah. did you relate to Alice? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And second chapter, she's in the hole. No, second paragraph. Second paragraph, she's yeah. in the hole? Second paragraph, she's in the hole. So the, it, it just goes so, so oh, fast. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So unlike the sequel, he had more time to write it. <laughs> and and there's like five pages of her talking to her cat before she goes through the looking glass. Are there like, any oh. adults? Are there any adults to miss? No. Anyone? You get the feeling her sister is quite a bit older in okay. the book. Like the one... I mean, most people have, have at least seen the Disney film, even if they haven't read the book. And right. you, know, you see her with her sister on the bank of the river, yep. and she looks almost like an adult, like maybe an right, like teenager. late teens. Yeah. 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 So, so no, Alice, she just rolls with it, and that's how. I mean, maybe it's how I wish I could be, but she falls down this rabbit hole, and she's just like, dum, dum, dum. oh, this is taking forever, and, and there's shelves on the wall as she's falling, and she's just looking at what's there, just oh, curious. Oh, she can pick things up oh, off yeah. the shelves. Yeah. As, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She, there was some marmalade and it was empty. She's like, ah, oh, well, I don't want to kill someone underneath. Okay. And tries to put it back on the shelf. So, and then she lands and just pops right back up. She's not hurt at all. Continues to follow the rabbit and everyone is rude to her in Wonderland. No one is nice. Like at first you think, oh, awesome. Talking animals. Yeah. This is the best. Right, right. Who wouldn't want to go through this magical land of talking right. animals? And they're all so rude and just, just the one ca- rude after another. Yeah. The Cheshire cat is the only one who's like a little, He's he's still a lot of people find him creepy and mysterious, but yeah. he he is kind of helpful here and there. But everyone else is just who are you? What are you doing here? Get out! And she never backs down. She just talks to them as people. Yeah, essentially. And she's is she just is she tra- when she gets down there. What's the point of Alice in Wonderland? Is it to get back out? No, that's a funny thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like also in adaptations, it's more like, oh, no, I'm in this nightmare world and I need to get out. But she's just, no, she's just wandering. It kind of seems like she's trying to get to the Queen's croquet game because at the beginning she learns about a croquet game. She's like, right. Oh, great. I love croquet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. So it seems like. Do I get a mallet? <laughs> it seems like that's the journey she's taking. She just keeps running into Mad Hatters and Cheshire Cats and stuff. But then once she finally gets there. Yeah. It sucks. The queen, that's is, the, is mad. That's she's, the off with your head lady. That's yeah. the off with your head lady. <laughs> Crazy person. So, and then also immediately the queen's like, Hey, have you talked to the mock turtle? No, we'll go talk to him. And so this place we've been waiting to get to for 10 chapters, she just leaves and, and goes and has an episode listening to a really long story uh, from a mock turtle. Would you like to know what a mock turtle is? Yes, I really would. What the hell is a mock turtle? Well, it's a fake turtle? In Victorian, pretty much. In Victorian times, and this is just so vile, uh, they, they had mock, oh, Jesus. mock turtle soup. Um, okay, so so not so so like like crab with a K. I wish instead of being made with turtle, which isn't that pleasant either. Uh, it's made with uh, whatever is left over after they're done butchering a calf, which is usually like the entrails and the stuff, the head and the hooves, and it's just a big boiling gelatinous mass. And oh right, num num num, and they eat it up. And so the. Uh, the mock turtle in right. Alice, in, Alice in Wonderland, which I use that as a blanket phrase for both books, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, right, right. Um, he, so he, nobody care. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nobody challenged me. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what she's talking about. Yes. He's got the head of a calf and hooves and then the body of a turtle in, in the book. That's how he is illustrated by John Tunniel, those illustrations everyone's familiar Are those with. the original ones? They are the original. And what's the name of the original illustrator? John Tenniel. Tenniel. How do you spell Tenniel? Yeah, T-E-N-N-I-E-L. And the only reason I say it, that I've heard people say it that way, but also I read a poem because in Victorian times, they were really big on writing ditties about each other. (laughs) And and I read a poem where they rhyme tenniel with perennial. Okay. That's clearly how you pronounce his name. That's got to be how you do it. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Uh, 
Wow, what a what a dumb soup. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want any. So unappetizing. Right, right. But I guess. And is it like floating in there? Is the head in no, no, they got to take it out. They got to take it. It's like a bay leaf. Take that out. Take out the head and the hooves. Yeah, the hoof would be so chewy. It's uh, too, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. too much. And um, Oh, yeah. So the point is, I mean, at the end, and I don't want to ruin this for you. And frankly, I, I'm disappointed every time I read it, which is about once a year. Uh, she wakes up. It was oh. a dream. Oh, it spoiler was alert. a dream. People have been, was it, the, do you think it was the first time that has been used? Boy, I doubt it. But, but, or, but or, there were no clues ahead of time. And actually, I've read some letters of his where he's like, let's try to keep this under wraps. Like he wanted it to oh, be like a, spo- yeah. like don't spoil it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so she wakes up at the end of the book. Yeah. And it, it's a dream. And it's a dream. And she tells her sister about it. And actually, Jackie, here is where <laughs> now I have an agenda. Oh, excellent. I, I'm going to change your mind. I'm going to make you want to read the book or listen to the podcast sure, sure. to experience the book because the last page I think is the most one of the most beautiful bits of writing in the English language. I think it rivals parts of The Great Gatsby. And what it is, is Alice's sister, after Alice runs off into the house, after telling her about her dream, she puts her her hand on her fist and she just, she kind of, she doesn't fall asleep, but she kind of goes into this meditative state and she imagines herself in her sister's dream. And can I, actually, can I read a little bit? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Let me find this. And, uh, and I, and do, do you know that there's a, there's, one of Andy's friends who's, he's an amazing, he's a friend of the show, he, uh, Michael Everson, mm-hmm. did an episode cause he, he writes, um, he, he, he creates fonts for, in, this is the most simplistic way, Michael Everson, if you're listening, I am oversimplifying your <laughs> life. He does, he makes fonts for dead languages. Oh, so wow. like the Inuit can text each other. Oh my God. Yeah. And so he goes to, you know, the Middle East and Asia and at very remote places and he'll come up with a font that can be translated into, into text. So, so languages don't get lost. And he also has a publishing company in Ireland and he has published, uh, we have several copies of Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah. Yes. Because (laughs) he gave Andy a copy of it and Andy, they've known each other since, since college. So yeah. And you know what? Lewis Carroll or rather his, the real man, Charles Dawson, would greatly appreciate that skill. It must be technical, right? Because he's got to program the fonts. Right. I think he does the art and he does, he works with the, the technical people. I don't know that he does the, the programming. But, but we haven't even talked about this. He, uh, Lewis Carroll, or Charles Dawson taught math and he was also. As a, a Don. Yes, as a Don. <laughs> as an amateur, and he was an amateur inventor and he came up with a way to write in the dark. So if he came up with an idea in the middle of the night, he wouldn't have to walk across the room and light a candle and be all chilly. Yeah. Something called nictographs. So he came up with his own little language oh, to weird. write in the dark. Yeah. So, but. Okay. Right. So, so, so back to. Back to this. Let's right. hear it. So, so Alice wakes up. She tells her sister about the dream. Her sister's like, oh, go have your tea. La, la, la. And then as she listened, this is her sister now, or seemed to listen, the whole place around her became alive with the strange creatures of her little sister's dream. The long grass rustled at her feet as a white rabbit hurried by. The frightened mouse splashed his way through the neighboring pool. She could hear the rattle of the teacups as the March Hare and his friends shared their never-ending meal and the shrill voice of the queen ordering off her unfortunate guests to execution. Once more, the pig baby was sneezing on the duchess's knee while plates and dishes crashed around it. Once more, the shriek of the griffin, the squeaking of the lizard's slate pencil, and the choking of the suppressed guinea pigs filled the air mixed up with the distant sob of the miserable mock turtle. So she sat on with closed eyes and half believed herself in Wonderland, though she knew she had but to open them again and all would change to dull reality. The grass would be only rustling in the wind and the pool rippling to the waving of the reeds. The rattling teacups would change to tinkling sheep bells and the queen's shrill cries to the voice of the shepherd boy. The sneeze of the baby, the shriek of the griffin, and all the other queer noises would change, she knew, to the confused clamor of the busy farmyard while the lowing of the cattle in the distance would take the place of the mock turtle's heavy sobs. It's almost over, but this is the part that makes me cry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, she pictured to herself how this same little sister of hers would, in the aftertime, be herself a grown woman, and how she would keep, through all her riper years, the simple and loving heart of her childhood, and how she would gather about her other little children and make their eyes bright and eager with many a strange tale, perhaps even with the dream of Wonderland of long ago, and how she would feel with all their simple sorrows and find a pleasure in all their simple joys, remembering her own child life and the happy summer days. 
Aw. How can you think that's a creepy book? I mean, it's very sure, sweet. Sure, sure. Caterpillar blew smoke in her face and everyone was mean I, to her. But. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, what the, first, yeah, I've written down a list of animals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the caterpillar. So she meets a caterpillar. Yeah, that's chapter five. That's chapter five. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and blows smoke in her face. So the caterpillar is clearly smoking a pipe or something or yeah, he's smoking a hookah. Oh, and of course. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is, and you've probably seen that picture on many a, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's just many a, a poster, many a poster where the caterpillar is hanging in there and get going, hang in there. No, that's a kitten. <laughs> anyway, so what's <laughs> like, yeah, so the caterpillar we is. We call him cat for short though. Cat, sure. He's <laughs> a kitten. So, uh, no, the caterpillar, yeah, in chapter five, of course, everyone wants to know what's in the pipe. The answer is we don't know. We okay. don't know. And, also, that is the chapter which makes a lot of people think, well, Lewis Carroll is on drugs, obviously. Oh, this right, is some, right. you know, opiate-induced crazy hallucination. And in 1860, uh, there was a big opium problem. There so was, yeah. In, in, in England. They had so. brought it back from the from, Far East. Right. Yeah. So now, I, I, I hesitate to say this because I want everyone, while you're reading it, maybe yeah. you want to believe there's opiates in there. Absolutely. Art is in the eye of the beholder. Right, sure. <laughs> However... There is zero evidence that Charles Dotson ever did any illicit drugs. Okay. And not even like in a wink nudge like, but we all know he did. No. There's, there's <laughs> oh, no. There's, there's nothing. There's just nothing. Okay. Um, yeah. And nothing in his diaries, nothing and, from other people, nothing and those in letters. Three, those three paragraphs that you read are are so beautiful. They remind me of a, just a gentler, like children's book kind of time. Yeah. I don't know. Do you ever read Amazons and Swallows? No. It's a it's a just a children's book about uh, a bunch of kids, it, and I think it was more early twentieth century, and um, I think it was written in the fifties. And it's about these mom and these kids, and the kids have a little sailboat. They live on a lake, and they in the summer get to and it's bucolic. It's bucolic kids summertime yeah. story, you know, and that's what that reminded me of. Sort yes. of a the playtime when you play when you're a little kid, and there's no, it's all just joy, and and yeah. you're playing. Whatever you're playing, you're playing Cowboys and Indians, you're playing Tarzan and, and boy, you're doing yeah. whatever you're playing. And you're and playing this, Kill the Entire World. My brothers and I like to play that. Kill the Entire just, World. Innocent time. Just yeah. Yeah, sweet time. <laughs> yeah. Soldiers and, and gorillas. And, uh, but I mean, there's also tea sets and, yeah. and playing house and looking at each other's parts. But it's, you know, I mean, there's all these. <laughs> so innocently though. An innocent, an innocent time when you're like, what is that? Weird. And, uh, <laughs> all right, I know I don't want to touch it looks weird and uh you're like later <laughs> and uh so with the but it was it was more of that where when you grow because it talks about her growing up yeah. and looking back and going oh these were times when i played with a caterpillar and these are times right. when i knew a baby pig and and uh or pig baby what the heck was a pig baby well this is actually this is one of my favorite parts of the whole book which i probably say about 50 times right right <laughs> well played uh, welcome to the dork forest heather simmons everybody at alice is everywhere and dot uh and alice is everywhere.com yes, the podcast please. uh so she, pig baby so she uh one of the groups of people she comes across she just walks into a house no one's asked her but she just strolls right in and there's a she has her own courtesy problems. Yes. <laughs> She's a, she sees a duchess holding a baby, and there's a cook at the stove. And actually, I think these people—well, no, you can't be crazier than the Queen of Hearts, I guess. But they're they're insane, as everyone in the book is. But the the duchess is singing a song about how I beat my little boy when he sneezes, and the cook is putting pepper in the soup, so everybody's sneezing left and right. <laughs> and the chorus of the song is. Wow, 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 which I find delightful. Uh, yes. So, so Alice says, I gotta get this baby out of here. You know, they're gonna All kill right. it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, the Duchess is only too happy to go, yeah, sure, hold the baby, throws it at her. So she runs outside, and she, and the baby's really wriggly. Mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, boy, this is, this is kind of an ugly baby. I've never seen such an ugly baby. <laughs> she goes on a little further, and she kind of hears some snorting. She's like, well, what's going on here? And he's turned into a pig. Okay. And Alice, Again, just rolling with it, like, ah, oh, well, this is silly to be carrying around a pig and puts him down and says, you know, he he was a really ugly child, but I think he makes kind of a handsome pig. And, and the pig just trots uh, away. Oh, and she doesn't, she's good? Yeah, that's yeah, that. That's, uh, that pig is about to become lunch for a fox or somebody. Oh, he's probably fine. So, and later the Cheshire Cat asks, hey, what happened to the baby? And she yeah. says, well, he turned into a pig. And he goes, 
I thought he would. <laughs> but then, but then he, he reappears a minute later and he goes, wait, did you say fig or pig? A fig? And she says pig. And he's like, ah, oh, all right. And then disappears. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't say whether the Cheshire cat thought fig or thought no, pig. Just was just, just double checking. Just, ma- just making for, sure. For his own, for his own, you know, just his own tally. For his cat records. He goes home, scratches <laughs> the wall. Yeah. Okay. So the mock turtle was sad. You yes, mentioned that. Was, Why was the... Well, uh, as his friend the griffin yes. told Alice, and the griffin is half eagle, half lion. Yes. Not eagle on the top, lion on the bottom. Sure. Um, Other way would just be ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> as the griffin explained to Alice, it's all his fancy. He doesn't have any torment. He doesn't have any sorrow. Oh, he it's all in his head? being sad. Oh, so there you he go. just sobs. And honestly, the story he tells her that the queen's like, oh, you gotta go hear his story. Not much of a story. Right, right. Because the queen sent, yeah. sent her to so hear like, the sad sack victim blaming yeah. of, uh, no offense, everyone's actually a victim as well. Let us make the dork forest a safe space. Safe. I feel very safe. Do you feel safe I in do. your love of Alice in Wonderland here at the dork forest, Heather Simmons? I do. Excellent. Good I to do. know. Good to know. No one's looking at me funny in a bar. <laughs> So two queens, Queen of Hearts. Yes. And what's the who's the other queen? Oh, well, in actually three queens because in uh through the looking glass, it is a chess game and so there's a red queen and a white queen. Okay. And the red queen I mean, there are some similarities to her in the Queen of Hearts in that she's a rather stern character, but she's right. not ordering fake executions or anything. She's just kind of didactic. Wait, are they are they fake executions? They are because once again, as the Griffin tells us, and that's what's great is several times they're I'm like, "I'm going to do a disclaimer before this this episode." Just go, "Hey, if you haven't read the book and you have any plans of wanting to be surprised, yeah. uh, I don't. I'd I love to hear a story and then read the book because oh. it looks beautifully. It sounds beautifully written, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't like surprises. I like to know everything. <laughs> right? Maybe I I should have somebody on with every book that I've tried to finish, which is Moby Dick and Don Quixote. Oh, Moby Dick. Why? Don't even. Moby Dick was actually quite funny. I made it, uh, it's only, it's only like 280 pages and I made it to like page 30 and it was actually very smart and very funny. Mm. Uh, but, uh, I got bogged down. I got, I got, uh, same with Don Quixote. Don Quixote was, uh, was pretty funny for something that was right. written in the 1500s and then I was, or whatever. Isn't that amazing? I finally read Robinson Crusoe in the, like, I think the 1600s is when that was written. I'm like, this could have been written today. Like, he's it's talking great. to me. Yeah, he's talking like to me. Like people. Like people. Have you ever played, uh, uh, Friday? Have you ever played the board game Friday? I have not. It's a card game. It's a solo card game where you, uh-huh. uh, you, <laughs> I would like it. You, you, exactly. You, a little solo time. I got it for Andy because I was on the road all the time. <laughs> and, uh, you just, you play card, it's like solitaire. Uh-huh. You play Friday. His guy Friday, okay. uh, who's trying to get Robinson Crusoe off his fucking island. Get off. And so he's like, he's trying to gather him weapons and hail the pirate ship. And oh, he's like, so it's really fun. And it's wow. really actually quite difficult. And it's a really fun game. Oh, I got Matter of fact, I'm going to, um, play it when we're done. Cause now I'm reminded of it. <laughs> anyway, so, oh, uh, I will do that spoiler. The key yeah. to Moby Dick, I think, is yeah. just read every other chapter because every other chapter is things actually happening. And then there'll be a chapter about the blowhole or the tail. <laughs> so if you I think just I skip sh- the parts of the whale, it's I great. was very, I think I stopped right after the cuddling. Him and the, him and the Russian guy are cuddling. I remember that. That's a very early, it's early okay. stuff. So I may have only read 15 pages, but I definitely need, but I like the idea of hearing all the, the details of it. So, yeah, exactly. um, yeah. So the queen, so she wakes up at the end of Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And then how does she get through the le- looking glass? Well, it's funny, both, uh, Alice, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass both end very similarly. And I've always found it to be a little bit of a cop-out. It's kind of like the second Ghostbusters movie where, oh, <laughs> another big thing came to life and is walking around. You know, like, couldn't, sure. you, couldn't you have thought of something else? Right, oh. right. Something from the, from the hell mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the first book, what wakes her up is, um, and if I haven't made the clear, which I don't think I have, the theme of the first book is not the animals, but everyone else is a playing card. The Queen of Hearts is actually a playing card, a walking, talking. Oh, lady. weird. Yeah. So, so at the end, they so it's all- a, the first the first book is a card game, and the second book is a chess game. Yeah. Well, the first book, it's not. Yeah, it's not a card game. It's just okay. kind of a loose theme. I oh, guess. okay. Because um, are there other cards besides the yeah, queen? Yeah, the the king, and there's a whole parade. Actually, the guys who paint the roses red. Like, I feel like on Pinterest, I see Alice painting the roses red. That's yeah. not a. It's not a thing. It's that's three, not accurate. It's three courtiers or gardeners. Oh. And they're painting them red because the queen wanted a red rosebush there, and they think if she'll 
she sees the white roses, she'll chop their heads off. Oh, fair enough. She never really chops anybody's head off. Oh, she says go chop their heads off and then somebody takes them away and then yeah. they never get their heads yeah, chopped every, off? Yeah, everything. So everyone's, uh, the king a few times is like, you're all pardoned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was they saying? Oh, yeah. So. What's the, I would, have you ever thought about writing, uh, like a, like a parallel kind of like just from the king's perspective? Like, what would this story look like from the He's just like, no, no, don't worry about it. Uh, now I got your back. Now, what do you need? A cup of coffee? And yet and, he's also terrified of the queen, too, though. So it would, that would be very interesting. Right. Yeah. You're right. A sort of a, I wonder if there are, yeah, because. Well, the copyright expired in 1907, so anyone can write anything. <laughs> so get on it, folks, yeah. if you want to write a little, like, is there fan fiction? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I almost bet. all of it is like her in a mental institution. Oh, really? Chopping rabbit's heads off. I'm like, what? What? I don't know. No, no, don't make it sad. Yeah. And, uh, cause it, is it, it's not sad, right? Uh, no. Well, you don't find it sad. Well, I'll tell you, there is a, uh, whisper of a sigh through the story, which is from a poem that prefaces through the looking glass. And what that is, and again, we're going to come a little full circle here on the little girl thing, whether it was, disgusting or not he enjoyed the company like he liked hanging out with them he'd take them on picnics he'd tell them stories and but he knew they were all going to grow up right and so that's kind of especially in through the looking glass um a theme of you know this is a a distinct moment this is a distinct moment in time in childhood and And as a photographer it's a snapshot yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And they're so, going to grow up and forget all about me. <laughs> it's basically right. the wistfulness that goes through this story. Right. Um, but going back, just real quick, she, uh, she, the way she wakes up in the first one is the playing cards kind of attack her. They all like fly through the air and then she wakes up and it's actually leaves from the tree falling on her face. Oh, good. Cause yeah. otherwise paper cuts. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and then the second one, the way she wakes up is, and the second one is a lot trippier than the first. Oh, Maybe yeah. People like give up on the, Second one, because they find the first one too trippy. But the second one, like the first one, I can read a chapter and ah, go to sleep, pleasant dreams. The oh, no, second she- one, I read it and I'm like, what just happened? Why? Like, it's crazy. So the second one, she she does become a queen. And she and the other two queens have this banquet. Oh, okay. And, and just completely inexplicably the white. So she grows up or she does no, not? No, she's, she's still, still a child. She was just queened by the, she was queen. the chess game. Oh, that's yeah, right. By the chess game. Okay. Yeah. But uh, the white queen just grabs her by the hair and screams, Something's going to happen. And then the the whole party just goes crazy. Like all of a sudden there's people swimming in the soup and kangaroos dancing around. And Alice, and Alice I think, she, does she pull the tablecloth? I don't know. But it's basically just, blah, everything goes crazy and she wakes up again. Um, oh, and that's how she wakes up yeah, in that one. But there's no specific like leaves falling on her face. She's just jarred. Oh, she's you know what? Just- she starts shaking the Red Queen. Cause she's oh, okay. Like, this is all your fault. What's going on? And the queen turns into her poor little kitten. Okay, so the looking glass, that's a journey where she steps through the looking glass. Yes. Whoop, whoop. There we go. And, that's what uh, it sounds like. And yeah. then when she gets to the other side of the looking glass, what's there? Are, are the same characters there? Well, no. So glad you asked oh, that. You're welcome. <laughs> because that's, I mean, that's the big inaccuracy with almost every film or theater adaptation is they just lump everything together. Okay, I'm going to give away a huge spoiler for people okay. who haven't read these books. Da, da, da. There are only two characters that resi- besides Alice, of course, who's oh, just recurring? visiting. Yeah, that are recurring. Okay. They are the Hatter and the March Hare, and they even go by different names. If you didn't see the illustrations, you yeah. wouldn't even you wouldn't know. Okay, wait a minute. First of all, <laughs> the Mad Hatter has a tall hat. Yes, I remember that distinctly. I thought that was the rabbit. No, uh, well, the white rabbit is quite dressed up. He's kind of a snobby upper class type guy. Right, right. Um, His tails. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing a coat with tails. Yeah, and correctly. a waistcoat and, and a waistcoat pocket watch. Which is why that. I think that he should also be wearing a top hat. And, you know, he because could, in some, in some illustrations he is, but not the originals. Okay, and the Mad Hatter, what is the Mad Hatter's character in the first book? The first book, the Mad Tea Party, it's just, the first book, it's pretty much Alice just meets a new person in the chapter, meets a new person, meets the next person. So, she comes across the Mad Tea Party. She doesn't quite come across it. The Cheshire Cat tells her, in a very famous exchange, she says, which way ought, ought, ought to, should I go from here? Right. And he says, well, that depends on where you're going. And she, ah. and she says, well, I don't care as long as I get somewhere. And then he's like, well, then it doesn't matter which way you go. But then he finally relents <laughs> and tells her that the Hatter lives this way and the Marcher lives that way. Uh, visit either you like. They're both mad. And that's okay. where the... 
even more famous quote is, you know, she says, well, I don't want to go among mad people. And he says, well, we're all mad here. I'm, oh. I'm mad. You're mad. And she says, how do you know I'm mad? And he says, well, you wouldn't have come here if you weren't mad. Oh, there you go. So she decides to go visit the March Hare. Oh, no. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. She decides to visit the March Hare. Because, First. Because she's seen hatters before. You okay. know, I guess What's she's a hatter? Guy Is someone make, wearing a hat? Guy who makes hats. Oh, okay. Yeah, and actually the little... Uh, I always think of those as milliners, but those are lady hats. <laughs> lady hats. So. This is a hatter for everybody. Equal opportunity hats. Equal opportunity. Hatters who make uh, boy hats. Boy okay. hats, girl hats. Gentleman hat. And the, the little 10-6 sign that's on his hat in the original illustrations, that, okay. that means the hat he's wearing is uh, 10 shilling, 6 pence. That's a price tag. Oh, okay. Yeah, I many, remember that. Many pearl actions. Mm-hmm. So, so she decides <laughs> to go... To the March Hare. Oh, and she says, well, it's May, so maybe he won't be as mad as he was in March. Because March Hare, that's a phrase, that's when they're in mating season, is around March. So, and they Oh, so crazy. rabbits go kind of bananas yeah, so in that's, March. That's okay. the origin of the phrase, we think. Um, everything's always a little murky with... Right, right, because it turns out it's fiction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be anything. So she she goes to the March Hare's house, which is shaped like a March Hare, which I think is adorable. It's got a thatched roof with big ears on it. And, oh, okay. Uh, and... And there's just three individuals having a tea party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Turns out to be a never-ending tea party. Now this, I think, is the trippiest concept in either book, and nobody, either nobody cares, nobody understands. I don't know because people are just like there's they, not a big enough, uh, there's not enough conversation about yeah, it happening. I think so. Let's introduce it. What let's, is it? Let's do this now. Uh, <laughs> Because it's not, you know, again, Pinterest, I'm on every social media there is, so sure. I see these like... Snapchat? You doing Snapchat? Oh, I guess I lied. No, I'm not. I am doing Tumblr, though, which I okay. find delightful. I, have, I talk to teenagers on Tumblr. Okay. It feels weird, but they're 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 my people. They're, right. They come to me. They're like, thank you How so much. How Carol of you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Speaking I'm, the youth. I'm not inviting any of them to the seashore. Fair though. enough. <laughs> do you live by the seashore? You kind of do. I do. <laughs> I do. You live down Santa Monica Way, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... So the the Mad Tea Party is not all crazy fun, like it, or like in the 1951 Disney movie, they're singing the M birthday song and dancing around. What happened is, and Hatter explains this, he he was singing at a concert given by that mean old Queen of Hearts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and she screamed out, "You're murdering the time," meaning you know, oh, right, he's right. not keeping good time. Right, right. And Time got very angry at the Hatter ah. for doing this, and so he sentenced. The Hatter to and his friends. Not Mad Hatter, but the... Or, well, or the Mad Hare. March Hare? Uh, well, what? I just call it... In the book, he's never referred to as the Mad Hatter, but he is the... I mean, Hatter, he's, Mad Hatter are the same thing. Oh, and okay. and, the, and that's the one having the tea party that never ends? Well, it's at the March Hare's house for some reason, but okay. it, it's Hatter who pissed off time. So okay. all three of them are sentenced to endless tea time. And actually, the conversation Alice has with them... It's really melancholy. She's right. She's like, "Oh, is it dinner time?" And the marcher's like, "If only it was." <laughs> like they're <laughs> like they're not happy that right. they have been stuck at this table for who knows who, how long. Who knows how long yeah. having triangle sandwiches and cakes? Yeah, and whenever okay. there's a dirty plate, they move one over, move one on. But okay. the hatter's the only one who benefits from this. The next people just go to the next dirty dish. Oh, you know? good lord. <laughs> So, yeah, so I I find that fascinating. And actually, the new movie that everyone's panned so much, okay. Time is a Character. Yeah. And I'm like, finally, someone did this. And it's it's not accurate plot-wise at all, but I appreciate that they made Time a living, breathing man. Right, right. It's always it's always nice that the character is included, even if they've, yeah. they, they haven't used it entirely correctly. Yeah, and he yeah. did actually sentence them to a minute before tea time in the movie, which actually would be a little worse, because you're looking at the tea and like, oh, I want that scone, but... Right. They can never have it. Oh my gosh. That sounds like Tim Burton's being a jerk. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. So, so the Mad Hatter is at the March Hares. Yeah. yeah. So they're all there anyway. So she yeah. gets to see all the mad crazy it, in together. The, in the Dormouse is the, uh, the third party. It's the third party. Yeah. And oh. He spends a lot of time sleeping, except he wakes up and tells a completely ridiculous story about three girls who live in a well. And, the names of the three girls yes. are, they're not exactly, but they're, they're reminiscent of the real Alice and her two sisters' names. Um, so there is a real Alice. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> finally, finally, the huge reveal that tells me. What, what are we, 58 was, minutes in? <laughs> we're close. All right. what, what, so who's the real we, Alice? We better get to this one. Yeah. yeah, this is, well, this is, 
what I find intriguing, what so many people are obsessed with. I have, I, again, on Tumblr. You are not alone. So many teenagers with their usernames or forms of Alice Little or Dream Child or things like that. So, okay. So Alice Little, L-I-D-D-E-L-L, but it's pronounced Little. Right. She was the daughter of the dean of Christchurch College. Ah. So Charles Dotson's boss. And Charles got to know her older brother first. He would tutor him. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then... He started taking pictures of the kids. You know, right. The parents knew about this right. because they were no. delighted to have their ch- right. portraits yeah, yes. memorialized in this new art form. Um, so he he got to know Alice, her older sister, Lorena, and her younger sister, Edith. He spent the most time with them, and he would take them on excursions. Sure. Usually there was another adult present, and this was... So everyone knows there was another adult present. And, and you know what? It was at the behest of Alice's mother, who's often, like, made out to be kind of a villain in this whole scenario, but I'm like... No, well, of course. Like, why wouldn't I'm what? surprised Alice's mother didn't insist yeah, on going exactly. with. She's like, no, I, I mean, the thing is, is most adults are fine with children, obviously. <laughs> so it's not, but, but we, we built it into this thing where you're like, mm, adults want to poke little kids yeah. and you're like, stop. So, some kids just, some adults aren't good with adults right. and they're just better right. hanging out with dogs and children. Yeah. And, and Charles Dotson actually had a stammer that, and this is not completely substantiated, but supposedly would go away when he was talking to kids and would come out when he was talking to adults. Yeah. So okay. Like that makes actual sense. social impediment. You know? Yeah. Um, but when you say some, some adults are good with children, like this whole Victorian times thing, the more books I read, I'm like, am I in the twilight zone? Like this isn't right. There's an anecdote. Yeah. Alice is apparently a lovely little girl. I've seen photos of her. She's Perfectly nice, nice spunky, kid. spunky kid. Oh, good. Um, so so one, <laughs> one night her parents go off to a concert or something and she invites her art teacher over. Oh, what, what, a, a different adult. Yeah, a different adult who I think, I think we all know is a pedophile, Mr. John Ruskin. Perhaps you've heard of him and Effie Gray. Um, no, no. Oh, yeah, there's been movies made about him. He was a, a- My history of pedophilia is a little, is a little light. <laughs> well, allow me to enlighten you. <laughs> so, so, he was the girl's art teacher. So yeah. So there's all these, what might be predators hanging around these kids. And, and so Alice invites him over, and the parents, there's a snowstorm, so the parents come home early. Yeah. And their reaction to an adult that wasn't supposed to be there is, oh, you must be upset that we came home early, ruined your little date here, huh? Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what? What? What is going on? And was on? he? And he is unknown. Well, he uh, married a woman, a lovely woman named Effie Gray. Okay. And uh, on their wedding night, he was so disgusted by her, uh, he refused to have sex with her. And from what I've read, supposedly it was a big mystery. Well, I wonder why he wasn't attracted to this grown woman. Yeah. But then there's also there's letters. From him to his doctor, and like, if these are you. Wow, Rangers, if you could see Heather Simmons' face, she's like, they're uncomfortable letters to read. Oh, they're horrible. (laughs) Like, he has letters. But you've read them anyway, because you are down a rabbit hole. Oh, Oh, yeah, I've read, I read, I read Lewis, I don't know why I'm talking about John Ruskin, because he's so gross, but he, he wrote a letter to his doctor, which I don't know what the doctor's response was, but just, I really like him from like 8 to 10. That's my favorite. And like, I got one here, she's kind of a lowbrow gal, but I got her carrying my firewood, and I just love to, and I'm like, I hope that's a euphem- or no, I hope yeah. it doesn't amuse this. I hope she's really just like her. you've got some sort of but, tiny slave child. Yeah, so vile. So this is this is the world we're in here. We're, right. And so but back to uh the hopefully much more innocent Lewis Carroll scenario. Uh, he, I don't know. I, I used to go and hang out at the fire station when I was little, when I was like uh, eight yeah. and nine and ten. And all the fire, the firemen were like, Hey kid. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I know Andy had, he had a, there was a guy who was like in his twenties when he was about 12 or 13 who would take him to like Six Flags and stuff yeah. and would hang out with little, he just, they were socially awkward adults right. who were like, I want to be social. Kids are, are, on easier to entertain. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I am slightly smarter than them. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, and so th- there was nothing in untoward right. that happened at all. Exactly. So maybe Lewis Carroll was like that. Well, he had, I mean, he didn't just hang out with the Dean's kids. He, he was considered like another member of the family, like an uncle to okay. tons of families. To like, tons of families. Yeah. Like the McDonald's, I think they're the ones who, uh, urged him to really write to try to publish Alice's oh, Adventures there you go. in Wonderland because oh, the boy, neat. the little boy, read it, and I think he said, "I wish I could read this sixty thousand times." So they're like, right? "Okay, that's okay." Good. Well, then yeah. this is the only copy. So right. let's, uh, <laughs> the printing press was invented quite some time ago. And why there was only one copy is uh, so yeah. Why? So so 
one fateful day, July 4th, 1862, to be exact, what? yes, uh, <laughs> nice. 1862, uh, Charles Dodson and his friend, the Reverend Duckworth, okay. take the three little sisters. The greatest names in the world. Aren't they great? They're, they're great names. Their nanny Duckworth. was Miss Prickett. Oh, come Prickett. on. Come on, British. Come You're on. on this English. So they're, they're taking a boat ride up the Thames, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm, get out, mm-hmm. and they have a little picnic. And the girls are always, oh, tell us a story, tell us a story. And so this time, he's like, oh, gosh, what do I do? What's different? What haven't I done yet? Uh, once there was a little girl named Alice, because Alice is his favorite of the three yeah. sisters, it seems. Uh, so we didn't name her Lorena or right. Edith. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure Edith was like, Jesus. But Alice was like, I'm the middle child. I'm constantly ignored. Exactly. So this guy likes me. Finally. <laughs> so, so he sends her down a rabbit hole. And... In later years, Alice, the real Alice Little, said, you know, I think it must have been much better than his usual stories because all three of us just begged him, please write this down. Okay. So we can hear this again. We want to, we want to know what else happens to Alice. And so he went home that night and started writing it, but, you know, being the busy Oxford Don that he was and going to the seashore for six months (laughs) a year, you don't have all the time in the world to write. So he finished it around Thanksgiving 1864 and gave it to Alice. As a present. Oh, for Christmas. For Christmas. And okay. it, and the original cover is actually like a memory of a summer's day to a dear child or something oh, nice. like that. Yeah. And he did illustrations. And actually, the illustrations look nothing like the real Alice. They kind of look like Edith, actually. So okay. finally, a little love for Edith. Yeah, like a little, thank God. Yeah, because Alice actually had a very, I don't know... I don't see other children with this hairstyle from Victorian times, but she had a very, she had very blunt bangs and short hair, whereas every other Victorian child she had like has a, a long... like a page boy? Page boy, but even like more extreme. Like the bangs were really, I don't know, like almost hipster bangs. Right? Were they were they super short, like close no. to her hairline? No, like they were just super uh, like like right a ruler. above the eyebrows. Yeah, like a, like like a, a ruler, ruler had been involved. Eyebrows. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Yeah. So so he now he did not give it to her personally because at this point in their relationship, in mm-hmm, his relationship mm-hmm. with the Liddells. There was some rift. Now you're probably wondering, Heather. Please tell us what happened. <laughs> what happened here? How did she? How did they lose? How did he lose their trust? Yeah. How did he lose their trust? And the answer is that section of the diaries ripped out. Oh, no kidding. And uh, oh, and of course, you know the ideas they they run rampant. Who like some some have conjectured that maybe he asked for Alice's hand in marriage. Okay. Which, unf- again, Twilight Zone wasn't. That weird, like it's not like oh I'm gonna marry her now, but back in the day. Because how old be- was she in '62? Ten. She was ten, but the rift happened when she was twelve. It was like around '64. Okay, I think, or, I think early '64. Don't quote okay, me on that. Okay, so, uh, so twelve. So it's more like a hey, when she comes of age, if we're still tight. No, and, and this is not what happened, by the way. This is just right, what, this is complete conjecture. What, what some Victorian marriages, that's how they happen. Some right, which is ew. But uh, so people have thought about that. Also, maybe it was just gossip. Like the the mother was, you know, a prominent member of society, and yeah. and actually she had more of a problem, I think, with Lorena hanging out with them because she had become a teenager at this point. And once right. you're so like, she was like a, a woman. Yeah, and once yeah. you're like fifteen, you're you're um, you stop playing and going on boat rides, and then, right. you, you start know, looking for who you're going to yeah. start breeding with. So I kind of, I mean, in that my, seems romantic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so breeding. So I, I wonder if maybe it was more about Lorena. We will never know. Now, some biographers, like after, do you think he just uh, the his whoever? Do you think they destroyed the? Yes. Okay. And but what's you don't even have to think. Yeah. You know that they're destroyed. Yes. Okay. The the parts of the diary that got ripped out. Yeah. Okay. There are because sometimes some whole volumes are missing, but other ones it's literally like whoosh, like you can see like somebody yeah. took out three pages here or something. Okay. Um and. And yeah, and one, and I, I like, love the idea of someone reading someone else's diary that closely. Man. I wrote a diary in, uh, in, in junior high and high school and college. If anyone has the patience to read such a fucking thing <laughs> and then, so like surgically remove things that, it, that right. re- reflect negatively on me. Yeah. That is a, that is a commitment. Yeah. To, uh, oh, I, I, absolutely. I hope somebody got paid. <laughs> 
Heather Simmons, by the way, we are at an hour. Oh, so I am so sorry. Oh gosh. (laughs) But people, there's more. Obviously there's more. There will be more. You can go to Alice is Everywhere, the podcast, and, and, and get the minutiae that you've always wanted (laughs) about Alice and craving. That you're craving. Is this the, the book that you would recommend if people wanted to read it? Yeah, you know what? The Annotated Alice? The Annotated Alice, yeah, is kind of the definitive, there's little paragraphs along the side, like footnotes as you go. When, when I do my podcast, I actually try not to refer too much to that because otherwise I might as well be reading the annotated Alice out right, loud. You know, right. I try to come up. I've you can change the name of the. You yeah. change the name of the podcast to the annotated. Yeah, Alice. yeah. So <laughs> I, I do a lot of my own research. At USC has a great special collections all about Alice. So oh, wow. I try to come up with things. I make up a lot of connections, frankly, between Alice and the Beatles because that's my <laughs> other obsession. So we talk about that a lot. So yeah. So but yeah, the annotated Alice will give you a great primer into the things that inspired certain characters about the real Alice and yeah, annotated Alice by Martin Gardner. And I am going to look for this Michael Everson, uh, uh, production of production, uh, publication of mm-hmm. Allison and, and Wonderland. And, uh, and pr- it'll probably be on the phone bonus with Andy. And, uh, yes. so look into that folks. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Everybody it's at Alice's everywhere and Alice's everywhere.com is the podcast. Podcast Heather's, is available on iTunes and Stitcher and all of that stuff. All of that stuff. Heather Simmons is who I'm talking to. Yes. And thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this a lot. Rangers, you know, the rule take care of each other out there. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?